Hello everyone, my name's Louise and it's really good to be sharing in this online service this morning. Today we're going to start a new mini-series about the resurrection and the plan is over the next couple of weeks we're going to spend some time exploring about this amazing event in history. We're going to look at evidence for the resurrection which I'm going to do today and also just think about why it's so important to us and what it means for us as believers. Because the resurrection itself was an amazing universal event and it's something that changed everything and we believe for everyone. It was the point when death was defeated once and for all. So as we start this series I just want to pose a question to you, one that you might want to think about over the next couple of the weeks. What do you believe about the resurrection of Jesus? What do you believe about the resurrection of Jesus? Because Christians make this a sounding claim. They claim that 2,000 years ago, a man named Jesus died and was buried, but then he rose from the dead. For many people, this claim is nonsense. How can a man who is dead become alive? And our personal experience of death is that it's final. Medical science hasn't yet been able to achieve the feat of bringing someone back from death. The atheist Richard Dawkins describes the idea of resurrection as an embarrassment to rational minds. And some of you listening to this may also be struggling with this whole idea of resurrection. You might have friends and family that really struggle with the idea of the resurrection. It might be a real stumbling block to them to finding faith. And it might be something yourself as a believer that you're still trying to work through and understand. Whatever stage we're at, the resurrection has deep things um, to teach us and to tell us about Jesus and what God is like. It's also a really key part to our faith. The Apostle Paul in Corinthians, and we're going to be looking at this passage over the next um, couple of weeks, acknowledged that the resurrection was so important for faith because if Christ has not been raised, Paul said, our preaching is useless and so is your faith. That's quite a strong statement, isn't it? You see, for Paul, this was not just about an historical reality, which it was, and we're going to talk about that a bit more this morning, but it was also something that spoke with real power into his life and into his future. And that's true for us as well. It's about our eternities. For Paul, this was a reality that he knew in his life. And it was a reality that changed him. And we're going to listen now to this first part of 1 Corinthians 15 that we're going to be using over the next few weeks and just hear what Paul has to say. 1 Corinthians 15, 1 to 11, the resurrection of Christ. Now, brothers and sisters, I want to remind you of the gospel I've preached to you which you have received and on which you have taken your stand. By this gospel you are saved if you hold firmly in the word I preach to you. 
otherwise you have believed in vain. For what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance, that Christ died for all our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas and then to the twelve. After that, he appeared to more than 500 brothers and sisters at the same time, most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles, and last of all, he appeared to me also, as the one abnormally born. For I am the least of the apostles and do not even deserve to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God, but by the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace to me was not without effect. No, I worked harder than all of them, yet not I, but the grace of God that was with me. Whatever, then, it is, I or they, this is what we preach, and this is what you believed. So Paul there is confidently preaching about the resurrection and the Corinthians, they understood and they believed that Jesus rose again. The resurrection is central, isn't it, for us as believers. It's there in the centre of our Christian creeds. It's right there in the centre of our communion services. But what does all this mean for us now, today? What does it mean for me? What does it mean? For you. Last March, um, many of you know that I work in the NHS and we're in the middle of the first wave of the Covid pandemic and um, at the same time I was also trying to write an essay um, for college. Many of you know that I'm at Theological College at the moment and I've made a decision to have a look at uh, a question uh, to prove and to talk about the resurrection of Jesus and what that meant. It was a decision that I grasped with some enthusiasm. It was over Easter and I thought what a wonderful opportunity just to really spend some time looking at the passages again. Um, I realised that over the last sort of few years I probably spent a lot of time thinking about the death of Jesus and the cross but really welcomed an opportunity to look at the resurrection again to almost kind of recalibrate my Easter. And it was great. I just enjoyed the opportunity to really look at the text in much more detail and go back to the evidence again, something I'd done when I was a teenager, and just really begin to think through those Easter events again. And that I found that during the day I was going into work and alongside my colleagues, was trying to help them process the fear and the death and the sadness of COVID and then able to come back in the evenings and spend time looking at the resurrection amazing words of hope and in the words of Paul I really began to understand that death had begun to lose its sting and for me it began to be replaced by the real comfort that the resurrection brings and the excitement that it brings and the healing and the life so I hope I'm going to be able to share some of this with you now because what I want to do is just spend a bit of time looking at the evidence around the resurrection. Those things that bring me confidence, and I hope for many of you will help you to re-look at this again, maybe challenge some of your thoughts and ideas as you begin to look at the evidence that surrounds 
the resurrection. Because this process of thinking out of faith, it's a bit like being a detective trying to solve a crime. There's no definitive, clear evidence of anybody watching Jesus rise from the dead. If there was in some ways, it would make it a bit easier for us. But instead, there's a huge range of evidence that we can look at, which I'm going to share with you, that as you begin to ponder it and you think it through, begin to stack up, it kind of makes logical sense. It's going to be a bit of a challenge to do that now in the next 10 minutes. But I hope you're going to find this helpful. I'm going to use four key pieces of evidence and I'm going to take um, these areas from four deep thinking people who believe in the resurrection of Jesus. There are a range of people. All of them are intelligent, logical people. Many of them are scientists that have looked at this evidence and they've come to this conclusion um, that the resurrection happened. But let's have a look at some of this now. So this is our first piece of evidence, and it's that even scientists believe in miracles. And this idea of believing in a miracle, it's a key concept, isn't it, for the resurrection? You've really got to be able to get your head round this if you're going to grasp what it's all about. Because it was an event in history that just broke through, it defined our tidy understanding of the world. And as 21st century people we've got a real challenge with that haven't we we live in a um, a culture that values rationalism it's a way of thinking that perceives the universe as a closed system of cause and effect and if things don't kind of fit into these natural laws they're rejected yet some scientists have not been contained by this kind of closed mindset and this is the first bit of evidence i want to show you today it's um, around this book that I found really helpful. It's been written by um, a chap called John Lennox and he's uh, a professor in mathematics at the University of Oxford. And he, along with a lot of other Christian scientists, really challenged this idea that the world is just a closed system of natural laws. And in fact, if you have a little look at this book, which is a bit mind blowing, um, but it's really interesting. He really looks at some of these areas for evidence, even in science, where it gives us insight into the fact that there's a randomness in nature. That even quantum physics doesn't present the world um, that sticks to the rules. And Lennox argues in this book that, um, that the world shows us the existence of a creator God and that it makes space for new things, unaccountable events that can take place in our human experience. As a scientist, he's able to make room for the miraculous within his thinking. And that's exactly what Paul tells us um, in the passage that we've just looked at, that there were many people um, that came to this conclusion through their own looking at the evidence, their own experience that Jesus had ridden, risen from the dead they realised that something miraculous had occurred. Something that broke through their limited understanding of the world. It was something new that had happened. A new existence. Paul describes it a new creation. 
So this second bit of evidence is the historical evidence. Did you know that the death of Jesus of Nazareth can be found not just in our own Bibles, but in other historical documents as well? Like the Jewish writer Josephus wrote about it and the Roman historian Tacitus. The crucifixion is a verified historical event. And historians like Gary Habermas and Michael Lacona have shown that some of the earliest descriptions about the resurrection were written with, within two or 20 years of the event. In fact, the passage that we read today is one of the earliest. And this is quite important for us to know because that means that the testimonies that are written here were written by people that were alive at the time. They would have challenged Paul if he said anything that was inaccurate or exaggerated. Paul wasn't making this up and others were there to back him up. And then historians have also um, pointed to the fact that the stories that we read in the Gospels read like eyewitness accounts. They're talking about genuine experiences. Sometimes when we read these now, we can find them a bit puzzling because they seem to differ in some of the details. But that's exactly what eyewitness statements are like. People often perceive things in slightly different ways. They remember different parts of the story and they see different details in events when they recall them later. And this is what the uh, gospel stories of the resurrection are like. They read like first hand, hurried events of this sort of puzzling time that the disciples weren't expecting. Yet when you look at them, there's also many striking similarities and you might want to have a little look at the gospel accounts this week and have a look for some of them. So my third piece of evidence is actually looking at the details of the narrative, the stories themselves of the resurrection of Jesus. And to do that, I'm going to lean heavily on a book that some of you might be familiar with. It's called The Case for Christ and it's written by Lee Strobel. It's a really compelling book. Um, and Lee's a really fascinating person because he started writing the book as an atheist. He was a successful journalist uh, working for the Chicago Tribune, but something um, happened in his life that really challenged him. His wife became a Christian and she changed so much in such a positive way that Lee realises that he needed to look at what she was saying seriously. Um, and he decided that he would investigate for himself the claims that she was making. Initially, he did this to disprove her story. But as he started to uncover the evidence, which he does uh, meticulously in here, um, he began to understand that the story of the resurrection of Jesus was true. And it, he got to a point in his own life where he made his own choice to follow Jesus for himself. And these are just a few things that uh, Lee encourages us to think about in the book. He first of all looks at the death of Jesus and whether it actually did happen. And by unpicking that and looking at the evidence from the story, he shows that the death of Jesus was brutal. Um, he looks at the medical um, evidence that's in the story itself that proves that Jesus died. He realises that Jesus couldn't have swooned and woken up later in the tomb. It just wouldn't have been possible from the details in the story. And he came to the conclusion that Jesus did die. He also investigated the empty tomb. And there's quite a lot of evidence around this. So just a few of these things that you might want to think about. 
First of all, the authorities themselves, they couldn't produce a body because the tomb was empty, there was no body to show. And the story itself tells us that they had to make up a story of the body being stolen. And yet if you follow this through, this logic through, if the followers of Jesus had stolen the body, if they knew that Jesus hadn't risen, why would they claim that later? And not only that, be prepared to die for this belief. Another interesting factor about the story is the empty tomb. It was discovered by women. And it's just really useful to know that in ancient times, women were not regarded as reliable legal witnesses. So if these stories had been written as legends later, they just wouldn't have used women to be the first finders of the empty tomb. So the fact that it was the women that found that the tomb was empty supports the authenticity of the accounts that we have in the Gospels. And then finally, uh, Lee spends quite a long time looking at the whole security around the tomb and pointing out how large the stone would have been. Some people estimate that it would have been around two tons to move. That would have had to have happened with a number of strong people making lots of noise in the middle of the night. And yet it was also, the tomb was also protected by soldiers who at pain of death um, would not have allowed people to meddle with the tomb. And yet it, it was empty and there was no explanation for why this had happened. There's lots of things that point to the fact that the tomb was empty and that Jesus had risen. And now to the final piece of evidence I want to share with you today. And it's all about transformation. And the final witness we're going to use is Alistair McGrath. Some of you will know him. Um, he's an academic, again, who works at the Oxford University. He's a professor of science and religion. He comes from a scientific background. And uh, McGrath turns his attention to Jesus' followers and the transformation that they experienced. He points out that um, after the death of Jesus, the disciples were fearful. They were traumatised and they started to return to their previous lifestyles. Yet something then happened to them. They encountered a risen Jesus, and it was the experience that radically changed them. They moved from despair to hope, and they were willing to die for the resurrection story. And in fact, the passage we've read today, written by Paul, tells us of a person who was a persecutor of Christians, who then became a persecuted Christian, and something had happened to him that radically stopped him in his tracks. And it was due to meeting the risen Jesus. The experience transformed Paul. And then it didn't stop there. The Christian community began to grow. It made real changes to the way it practised. It changed from meeting on Saturdays to Sunday worship, the day of resurrection. It practised baptism and regularly sharing communion retelling the story again and again of the death and resurrection of Jesus. The church became a movement and it was a movement that claimed its very existence was founded on its followers bearing witness to the transforming work of the resurrected Jesus. The experience of resurrection was transformational. So there you have it, four key pieces of evidence from four key scholars. 
we talk about this amazing hope-filled event of Jesus rising from the dead. The resurrection for me is miraculous, it's life-affirming, it's a wonderful historical event, a point in history when Jesus beats death. It means for me that Jesus is real, it means for me that Jesus is alive. It's the first instalment for every one of us for the future when God will raise the dead and renew the whole of creation. And this is really good news, isn't it? Over the next two Sundays, we're going to unpack the resurrection event even further. We're going to look at why the resurrection matters to us. And we're also going to look at what it means for us as believers. So do log in and join with us as we carry on exploring and looking at the resurrection. I want to leave you now with some final words from from Paul, from the Apostle Paul, that come from this Corinthians chapter that we're looking at. And this is what Paul said. He said, death has been swallowed up in victory. But thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. <laughs>